0: What's better than listening to the Wolf of All Streets podcast? Listening and watching the Wolf of All Streets podcast live. Well, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but this time that's not the case because I'm hosting a stage at a conference from October 10th to 13th. That's the WebEx conference. I'm gonna be bringing you live podcasts, live panels, masterclasses from the leading minds in the industry. This is going to be absolutely epic. It's going to be live streamed, recorded and presented to you live. You can come have a happy hour with me, eat dinner, potentially play golf, and watch all of your favorite content being recorded in real time. Guys, the link for this is web3expo.live. That's web3expo.live. Use code WOLF20 to get 20% off your ticket. WOLF20 for 20% off your ticket. Guys, let's hang out in Vegas, October 10th through 13th. Let's go. This is the Wolf of All Streets podcast, and what you're listening to is an audio version of my live YouTube stream. I would love if all of you would please go on Apple or Spotify, whatever platform you're listening to, and rate the show, give it a five star so that more people will listen and find this episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy. After years of waiting and delays, the merge is finally here and seemingly has gone off without a hitch. Some would argue that this is the biggest technical event that's ever happened in the history of crypto. So, the very fact that it didn't utterly fail is, root, is cause for celebration. And today, I'm not even going to list all the guests, because today we went really big. We have a ton of people here. Now, if you looked at the thumbnail, you would probably think that I've uh, compiled a boy band, uh, Backstreet's Back, all right, uh, because we've got like uh, seven or eight of us, and the, the, the flyer really looks like we're, we're going to get ready to sing. But we are not going to sing, but we are going to talk about the Ethereum merge what that means for the future and honestly i have no idea what we'll end up talking about after that with this many people it'll probably be exciting and keep me on my toes you guys don't want to miss this let's go let's go What is up everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and go ahead and uh, gently caress the like button. You guys can actually do whatever you want to the like button. There's no judgment here. This is a judgment-free zone, so just uh, do the like thing. Anyways, guys, as I mentioned, uh, there's a lot of suspense coming into the merge and much like I expected... It was kind of like Y2K, right? Uh, you went to bed and the merge was going to happen and you woke up and apparently the merge had happened and uh, don't feel any different, right? I don't particularly feel merged at the moment, but I guess no news at the moment is pretty good news. So we're going to have rolling guests. As I said today, I'm going to bring on everybody that we have here already. I've got Anthony Dorio, Gabor Box, Matthew Siegel, and Jason Lau. Wow, that format is looking weird. Let's try that. Cool. How are you guys all doing? You don't have to respond. I know everybody is doing well. I was commenting, Vanette clearly has a vest-only policy in the office. If you can see from Matthew and Gabor, they're, they're both uh, dressed in vests, ready for the boy band. But Anthony, I actually want to start with you. Um, you're obviously one of the co-founders of Ethereum, so this is a huge moment, I would imagine. When you guys started, it was obviously proof of work. At what point did the conversation switch to a potential move to proof of stake And what was that process like? And how did we end up landing here in
1: 2022? So it it was pretty much right at the beginning. I mean, it was always known that there was going to be that move to proof of stake down the road when it was ready. And that was done to ensure that proof of work miners knew that what was going to be coming up down the road, who knows when it was going to happen. And it's taken a lot longer than, than was expected, which tends to happen. But it was really right from the beginning and the difficulty bomb, which was a an explosion that was put into the code at a certain time, it would go off to make proof of work mining uh, you know, not possible, it was always planned and it's been delayed year after year, that bomb, but uh, pretty much uh, from day one, it was, it was in the mix that that would eventually turn over and to get proof of work uh, miners aware that that's what was coming.
0: That makes sense. And so I think that every platform exchange, everybody has sort of had a different plan for how they were going to manage this. Jason, specifically at OKCoin, how have you guys been preparing? Well, how did you prepare, I should say, and uh, how's that going? I
2: I think uh, over here, we're just glad that it went so smoothly. Uh, (laughs) We had teams up up all night, obviously. We had all these plans in case things didn't work out. And yeah, frankly, we're just all taking a collective breath and, and excited that this milestone uh, actually happened. Like Anthony said, it's been years in the making, right? We've, 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 uh, we've seen this come down the pipe and it's, it's, we're just glad it happened.
0: And then obviously we have Gabor and Matthew here from Eck. I'm sure you guys have been tracking this very, very closely. Uh, either of you, I mean, give your thoughts on to what's happening now. And then I guess after that, we're going to switch into, you know, what we think this means for the future.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, you know, I think we're we're pretty encouraged that uh, there's been more ETH staked in the last six hours than there was in the prior, like four times more in the last six hours than the previous 24 hours. So if you look at it on a chart right when the merge happened, like staking activity went parabolic. So it, it, that's an important thing that has to continue, right, because the percentage of ETH staked is so low relative to other L1s, and so it's that commitment to locking the liquidity up, that's going to uh, hopefully diminish a lot of the sell pressure and make number go up. So, yeah, you know, I think we're we're encouraged by the fundamentals. Um, you know, the price action you can see around other major developments in crypto like Bitcoin halvings and stuff. It doesn't necessarily move the price right away. It's about building commitment, proving stability of the network, and then getting bigger players to commit by building apps, settling value on chain, and you know, hopefully that's going to come through in, uh, over the next few months.
0: Yes. You guys obviously are talking to institutional investors all the time. Is the feeling that people were sort of waiting to see it successfully happen? And that's why we're seeing, you know, four times the amount of Ethereum staked and people sort of flooding in now that there's a bit of confidence that, you know, the world's not going to explode.
4: Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, talking to institutions from 2015 about (laughs) Ethereum's proof of stake conversion. So people are definitely ready uh, for this. And, uh, We'll, and we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, I mean, a lot of hash power is sort of parked in ATC, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where the miners end up. Um, and uh, definitely exciting. Uh, a lot of people are focusing on um, just from a fundamentals perspective for fees decreasing on the network, which is good for uh, you know participants, so you can actually use the chain at that scale. Um, and uh, you know, there are some questions on the institutional side of you know, what it means to change the security. Uh, of the network from proof of work, uh, I spent the last I don't know nine, ten years talking about proof of work and how that makes it different from other systems that are more centralized and not you know necessarily censorship resistant and needs you know energy to defend uh, such systems. So you know this is going to be different and with, with proof of stake. But uh, yeah, so so we'll see. Uh, some of the institutional investors are excited about this because of climate impact, which has been a big part of. Um, conversation and the past few years. I'm not too enthusiastic about the climate conversation, but
0: <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's enthusiastic about the nature of the climate conversation. And we can have a debate another time about whether it's uh, valid or not, obviously. But I think to your point, a lot of institutions, whether it is valid or not, that's something that they have to speak to, at least to their investors. And it makes a lot of sense now that they can just sort of put that aside. But Anthony, i want to go back to why was the move to proof of stake basically baked into the original launch of ethereum in the first place uh, i mean it's pretty interesting it was i mean it's proof of work for seven or eight years right i know obviously it just wasn't ready but was there a glaring issue with proof of work that you guys saw from the very beginning that made you want to move to proof of stake when it was available
1: yeah i i think back then uh- there was awareness of deficiencies in proof of proof of work, and there's deficiencies in proof of stake. There's deficiencies in pretty much anything. There's not going to be hundred percent that's going to be able to solve everything. So, um, the idea that um, there was some foreseeing of uh, a built-up issues with with proof of work, centralization uh, potentials. Um, the reason that things were all done through through GPUs and not ASICs was the ability to get people in the hands of get 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 these graphics cards in the hands of people. So there's a lot of thought on how do we how do we balance all the things that are needed to create a decentralized system, which I think Ethereum has always been first and foremost is about decentralization. And that's something that I really respect from that project and gives me a lot of confidence that the the first thing that is always going to come forward is decentralization and I think other projects that are that, are, that, that have tried to do things by twisting the dials a bit and reducing some of the decentralization to get benefits elsewhere um over the years I've learned to to kind of really respect the ethereum process and and I left the project in 2015 so I'm not involved in Ethereum, but there was times 2015 and 2018 where I was thinking that there were going to be some other projects coming along that were really going to eat its, you know, eat its its dinner. And and I've swayed back over the last couple of years. And really that realization of that focus on decentralization and doing everything possible to ensure that is something that's led me back into the Ethereum camp much more and confidence much more in the project as a whole. So all the little things, including what is best for the consensus mechanism, what is best for mining that can Decentralize as much as pow- as possible, and re- get and get it away from the hands of collective larger entities. Now, proof of stake has those downsides as well. I mean, we've seen what happened with with Lido, uh, an entity that emerged in order to ensure that the exchanges don't become the powerhouses of everything to do with staking. And now Lido itself is a, is a major player, and uh, votes of of DAOs to. Um, to 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 change it have been didn't work out so I, I'm concerned mostly with with DAO structures in the future is one of the biggest risks I think in the space and and the powers of larger entities that are going to be putting potentially profit motives ahead of, uh, of of the ethos and decentralization motives that's where I think there's concern so yes back in the day there was definitely awareness of what would be a system that would be the future and could uh, limit some of the potential uh, issues there was a lot of talk of energy conservation and that was a, a factor as well back then in the thinking along the way but it was it was a bunch of things where there was foresight with a team that has in the future of where things are heading and that's really what we did very good at seeing where the future was going the people involved were bitcoin people that saw where that was heading we then started ethereum based on deficiencies we saw with bitcoin in, in doing further advanced things and uh, all the formulas come together to build what ethereum is today and a lot of it was considerations such as that move to proof of stake. Right from the beginning, that's where it's heading, and giving people the warning that that's that that's where the future would be. Gabor,
0: you mentioned before that people are looking forward to a reduction in fees, but to my understanding, that's not really in the cards at least at the moment, right? I mean, I think a lot. There's I, been I, obviously I, a lot I, of
1: yeah I didn't say that myself but no no you, I said
0: yeah to, yeah no, Gabor said he the institutional investors I'm not supporting the words so, in yeah. his mouth yeah um, uh, eventually but I think that, that like one of the things that there's been a, a lot of I think just confusion about what the merge really means right a lot of people think it's going to become faster and cheaper not really going to happen right now correct Anyone can jump in, Jason. I see you nodding your You're head. You're completely you correct. Ahead. There's yeah. there's
2: no difference. You can wake up. You wake up today. You, you may not even have known the merge happened. It it didn't matter for an end user or developer or something like that. It it didn't. It,
1: matter. It, it's a step by step process. It's it's a it's a it's a key part that's going to lead to those eventual wins down the road. Uh, there were a lot of things that needed to get done to prepare for it. Uh, I run a, a number of nodes. We had to make sure that we did things properly in order to to do that for our clients and our customers. Um, but yeah, most people aren't going to see anything. They're going to just see that they still have their ether and they're going to hopefully hold on to it and wait to see what comes out of this before making any decisions, like exporting their private keys in order to get the proof of work coins. So, so it, kind of wait and see what's going to happen over the next few days is what I think most people are doing. But yeah, a lot of people aren't going to see any changes. Got it.
0: Uh, here's a question that's going to be a trap and none of you are going to probably want to answer. Why are Bitcoiners so angry about the merge mm-hmm. anyone? I can I answer that. Oh,
1: sorry. One go ahead. Anthony, no, go I, ahead. I'm curious I, about you. I think, first of all, generalizations like that don't really help to really set the stage. Uh, there's there's not this all bitcoins thing. I'm a big bitcoin. I said fan. it was a trap.
0: Yeah, that's OK.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. And I'm, and I'm just going to caveat with a little bit of uh, there's a lot of people that just are, are transfixed on Bitcoin and, and that's fine. They, they see it as a superior system and, and they could be very well right. Uh, but you're, you're just going to get this division of people that have money at stake and they're going to want to be pump, be pushing what it is that they have a vested interest in like anything else. So that's why I think there's a potential fear that uh, this may be something successful that's going to impact them. And it's a good testing ground to see how proof of stake does, does turn out. So um, I hope people are doing it with an open mind of could this be better as a whole? And then maybe it starts shifts that uh, there's ways of doing things that are different that maybe Bitcoin will pick up on know yeah, Scott I think that they're I think you're basically
3: right right they're angry because they're jealous because the price has been underperforming uh, and um, you know in my view, Bitcoin has to work for the whole space to work, like betting on a on a decorrelation with ETH mooning and Bitcoin going down is like a low, very, very low probability event. Um, so you know, some of this capital that kind of went into ETH anticipating the merge, you could see it in the overheated futures and options market that's starting to unwind. You know, some of it may flow back into Bitcoin, which has been the laggard and then everyone can be happy.
2: I mean, well, I'm uh, sorry to jump in. ETH BTC is up, what, like 75% since, uh, you know, just a few months ago, right? That's a, that's a big swing. Uh, and Bitcoin's been sort of mired in this rut of whatever the 20K area. I, I don't think anyone's very happy about at least the Bitcoin price performance. And, you know. Yeah, no one is happy
4: about the entire yeah. market. So I think it's like the whole market is hit by macro. And obviously it had some momentum with the, uh, transition and uh, again, I, I think the reason what, what I see, uh, bitcoiners and myself included, uh, you know, being angry sort of with the process and not really. Ang- so first of all, you know, there's a group of people who are just constantly angry. You can't do anything with them. Like yeah. this is uh, the the um, people who are in the space for a while are not really angry in the same way. They they follow the process and you know. One of the, the, the big questions like around uh, a lot of people don't believe that uh, proof of stake will lead to more decentralization um, and because power will be at the hands of people who have assets and, and you know, in a, you know, some seniorage way, meaning that people who already have a lot of ETH, uh, they'll be able to get more ETH and, uh, you know, you're not able to compete uh, for that. You need to just buy the asset. And so, so there's a decentralization question uh, that you know a lot of bitcoiners are not settled on and the second is just the whole ethos of uh sort of like decentralized censorship resistance is, is link- linking to energy it's a physical process that's really hard to beat and you know it's designed to be government and uh proof of stake in my opinion and i believe a lot of bitcoiners think the same way is not resistant the same way to sort of like government uh pressure and that may open up a new can of worms for the space. So it is a new attack vector for the whole space in that respect. Um, You know, a lot of the anger I think is like dumb in my opinion, because it's a really cool technical feat and there is uh, room for multiple proof mechanisms and multiple systems. Uh, And I think Bitcoin and ether are fundamentally different too. like one of them is sort of like a, you know, a smart contract platform, Bitcoin in my opinion, while it is a smart contract platform, it's more sort of trying to be money and, and this digital gold store value type of instrument. ETH is trying to be that a little bit too, but more application layer, um, like sort of like an app store for other applications to build on. So I think they are different uh, in promise. So um, I, you know, I don't get <laughs> a lot of the anger. Yeah, I, I would it's, think it's, that actually
0: uh, as a Bitcoin, you're, you would be excited that there was a further differentiation. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And and hey, so uh, I think it was Matthew really quick that said it. I mean, we, or maybe it was Jason that talked about the price performance of Ethereum versus Bitcoin, certainly, and how Bitcoin has been mired. I mean, you go back to the Bitcoin having, and Ethereum has four X outperformed Bitcoin since Bitcoin's most fundamental bullish event. So I could see why that would uh, trigger some people. Go ahead, Jason.
2: There's also one thing about uh, Bitcoiners. I, I'm a Bitcoiner myself too, but you know, there's this view too. that. Uh, developers on Ethereum and all the all, all the other stuff—they're—they're they're reckless, right? They don't know what they're doing. They're—they're they're making changes too quickly. But I think this actually shows that uh, you know, with their, they can do something technically quite amazing, right? There's, there's a lot of testing. There's a lot of thought process in this process, and it worked out well, right? And I think maybe that's something uh, for people to get angry about. But like Abor said, I think it's—I I think it's pretty silly.
0: It took eight years. <laughs> right anthony i mean this is to to say that it was reckless uh, the amount of testing the amount of uh, i would say responsible delays to make sure that it was done right would indicate that that's a unfounded criticism
1: yeah i i, I would think so but uh, could there still be issues that emerged definitely sure. who, who the right time is but i think that they've always made sure that they try to be ready as much as possible and delay things uh, with good cause yeah jason i see a uh,
2: I gotta Dude, run.
0: Uh, thank you, Jens. Oh, uh, thank you guys, Jason. And then we actually have another uh, one of your guys' favorites. Uh Nimrod and I always have the funniest conversations somehow. But I'm I'm gonna bring on Nimrod in the Hobby as well. <laughs> and he's dancing, uh, currently in Low Res. Uh, how are you, man? <laughs> nice to have All you. Oh good. good. Hey guys. Hey Nimrod. What's up? so so anthony i want to touch on something you talked about a little bit earlier which was uh all of the fact obviously that it's graphics cards and, and the differentiation between the mining well what the hell happens now to all the ethereum miners and all of those graphics
1: cards i guess people can look for other chains that uh, they can shift over to they can sell their cards uh, they could have already been thinking about this for months and years that took what to do to it before and and figured out a plan for themselves but uh uh, or they're going to start moving over to the proof of work chain and see how that goes and see see if that's going to get some traction there. So uh, I'm not a miner, never have been, um, but I'm guessing that's the options that they've got.
0: Anyone else have thoughts on the future of mining here? I mean, it seems like we're already yeah. seeing a massive uh, rush of and price drop in these both new and used.
4: Yeah, so the like there is, I think, 200 terahash or so parked already in ETC, and there's some other chains that are picking up some of the hash power. So that's going to be interesting for the security of other chains. With respect to the equipment, I think uh, it kind of screws up the whole 18-month miner cycle. I, again, I haven't been mining for a while, but uh, that's going to be impacted, and there's going to be a lot so, of doing
5: you're calling short
4: Nvidia, not
0: financial advice ever here. Yeah, guys. yeah, ever, yeah. exactly. Ever uh,
4: ever. But uh, yeah, so I, I think the uh, to me the interesting thing is where the hash bar is gonna uh, go. And to Anthony's point, uh, you know, people might try uh, the proof of work chain. I'm curious actually what group that chain is gonna attract and how they're gonna work with the Ethereum Classic chain and how that's gonna play out. Uh, should be interesting. Uh, in a few days,
0: we'll know, right? <laughs> so. Nimrod, you definitely have thoughts on shorting it's Nvidia. Financial advice.
5: I'm not sure advice. if it's <laughs> worth, you know, sharing, but I, I'm kind of like the past. Uh, I don't know, hour or so. I was thinking about it more of as a large scale uh, social experiment. Like, do people actually care about environmental impact? Because if there's no, like, if there's no massive Price action with uh, with the proof of stake ETH now it means nobody really gives a fuck about sorry nobody gives a, a hack. you can say it it's okay, okay. you can gives... say fuck yeah <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about the you know the whole narrative of Bitcoin is wasting energy uh, it has a, a bad carbon footprint blah 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 if there's no like massive action now when ETH is proof of stake I think nobody gives a shit and we can just drop that narrative and never hear about it again.
3: What do you guys think?
0: I mean,
5: we're
3: five minutes away from
5: uh, when the ETH POW folks are supposed
3: to release this code, and the, the price of ETH POW. I have to say, it's holding up better than I thought. The consensus thought, right? Like we're, it hasn't crashed. There's still a lot of hash power, like 700 on the on the ETH POW chain. So, like so far, it seems like this is going to be a fair bit of stranded capital. Um, I haven't looked. I what is it currently trading at? Um. So on on Gate, it's like in the 30s. That's high.
0: Right. I think that futures were implying that it would be about 18 bucks. Sorry, so 44.67 actually...
3: now on Gate. Mm-hmm. 44.67. Peaked thought, why at 60. Do we,
0: I mean, beyond the, uh, beyond the, I guess, selfishness of miners who don't want to let go, why do we need
5: this? We don't, but we don't need ETC as well. Traders will trade. It was proven really well in the previous fork traders would Bitcoin just say,
0: Cash as well right
3: I mean
5: yeah. and between Diamond and Bitcoin Gold and whatever other now whether whether
3: or not there's enough rewards to incentivize uh, folks to run all this electricity is another story right because haven't the ETH POW folks allocated themselves um all the base fees and all the ETH that the foundation owned as well so there, there's a lot of economic power in the in the minor group right relative Economic power, but does that mean that there's going to be a use case or
0: development or any purpose for it moving forward? Or is that something they're going to try to back into depending on
3: whether it's worth it based on price? Yeah, the latter, I think. So and they'll build something the if, if it exists. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's yeah, silly. Been the case, right?
1: Like for a lot of other chains, like some they pick We've already seen a few notable people with massive followings are going to try to take advantage of what's going on with this. And they're probably taking massive accumulations of the coin and they're going to be able to use their networks in order to get other people involved with it. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to just be something that will fizzle uh, fizzle down the road. And I think there's just going to be a lot of actors who are going to try to take advantage of what's going on here.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, Nimrod, so your your contention is that if the price doesn't go up in the short term, that nobody cares about the carbon footprint. Is that correct?
5: I think so, because, I mean, part of like uh, also what Vitalik just tweeted this morning, like it's 0.02 percent of, uh, you know, the, the global footprint. It's, you know, it's pretty big for like one ecosystem to to snap your finger and, and remove that carbon footprint. And if there's no actual support from, you know, from the crypto ecosystem, I think it's, you know, it's a valid claim that nobody cares about it.
4: So my guess is, um, you know, the, there is a lot of ESG and institutional pressure and government pressure on companies. They are knocking on doors and pushing companies to literally, um, you know, move to other proof mechanism. Just a week ago, the White House, Put out uh, a note uh, that through the EPA and some agencies. They are trying to uh, push, uh, you know, blockchains to more environmentally responsible uh, uh, proof mechanisms. Which is again, I, I completely disagree with that. It's not what right. America stands for and all that. But th- that pressure is real, and uh, they are pressuring financial companies as well. And uh, a lot of the financial companies are sort of you know, play this game. And and you know that that that's that's my opinion is that this is what ETH is, you know I don't know if it's consciously or not but that's one of the things that ETH is trying to get ahead of and and would probably benefit from uh at least like lessens the attack surface um on it um so I, I again um in my opinion uh, there is you know energy consumption for proof of work systems that are established like Bitcoin is is a feature not a bug and it's worth it uh but, you know it's just one person saying it uh but then uh, there's real government pressure and mounting pressure from the eu from the u.s um uh, to uh, push improve work systems energy like the, the whole macro situation uh with energy not being abundantly available um is also going to play And in the next six months we'll see this conversation over and over again i'm actually curious how um, uh, the Aid um, Foundation consensus and some of the larger players will manage this discussion because uh, I feel like there is a you know a good way to handle this. <laughs> like you know, like I, I don't know if they're going to lean into it and say you know we're environmentally conscious and that's our advantage and play that whole game, or say that you know this proof mechanism is just better for us, works for our system, and and uh, you know stand up for sort of you know, freedom to do whatever you want. I, I'm actually curious how it's going to go. I think yeah. I think
5: it's a fair you know comparison. If you say you know gold is not uh, environmentally friendly as well, you know you need to dig it out, you pollute everything, and it's still usable as a as a hedge asset. But you know Visa and Mastercard try to be so you know maybe like the everything on top of ETH has a has a better status. I, I'm also interested to see like what will happen in the next equivalent of DeFi summer now that we can push like massive amounts of transactions without paying a shit ton of money for each transaction. That, that could be I think very interesting like to see in the next uh, bull cycle. Hey,
0: I if, thought if, Gabor I know you might have to go. and I, I don't know if, yeah. it's, if it's your time but I want to uh, make that uh, seamless yeah. and comfortable if you do.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thanks guys. I will do more. Go, go, actually. okay. okay. Yeah, from the, the I appreciate it week. and uh, be nice to and proof of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I
0: mean, talk about the, talk about and as Gabor enters, we've got Pierce Crosby here from a uh, trading view to to add as well. But now we've got now we've got a lot of people on the screen. This is this is aggressive. Um, and listen, there's been actually a lot of to, to that end, Nimrod and to what Gabor was saying. There's been a lot of chatter that's now, at least in the eyes of regulators and legislators, not obviously in the eyes of the community, that now Bitcoin will die. Because it'll basically be regulated away if Ethereum is successful on proof of stake. I think everyone here probably agrees that's nonsense, but, uh, I can see the argument that maybe they would come after Bitcoin more heavily than they would have before based on the sort of ESG argument.
5: I think it will be more difficult for them. I mean, if anything, you know, uh, uh not picking a fight Anthony but but you know Bitcoin is more still more decentralized so you know if they want to shut it down it will be much more difficult uh, So again I think you know uh, I think everybody here agrees that it will be practically impossible uh to regulate off uh Bitcoin just because if uh, proof of no but was- they
3: could make like higher tax rates on capital gains from you know proof of work generated Profits, or make it a right? lot less attractive
0: like, for institutions right by just with with harsher regulation i don't think anyone believes bitcoin's going anywhere <laughs> uh yeah I, I just think that the uh, the argument there is exactly what matthew is sort of alluding to that just make it a lot more difficult and make it uh, more attractive to be in other assets
3: but to nimrod's point like let's see if anyone actually cares that this is now more green and i just think like the 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 bull case is that a very large multinational company or sovereign decides to settle a bunch of value on Ethereum, right? Like even yesterday, there was news on the tape that Russia is going to be trading oil and a handful of cryptocurrencies that are yet unnamed so will one of these multinationals or sovereigns like look at the new ethereum proof of stake chain do several months of due diligence and say like okay we're going to pick eth like the probability of that happening has to be higher than it was two days ago but it's going to take some number of months to confirm like whether it happens or not
5: and if, if over regulating bitcoin how would the regulator uh consider if you trade wrapped bitcoin on eth um, yeah oh, it's nonsense <laughs> it's not yeah, gonna I'm, work yeah,
4: exactly.
5: <laughs> but, but but they
0: can but they can make the big institutions which we can debate whether we want them here or not but it can make the big institutions just say we're not going to touch it right and so the volume goes elsewhere i don't think that there's any argument that it's going to remain i mean anthony i, I would love to hear your response to what nimrod said about uh, decentralization
1: in terms of uh Sorry, with are comparing Bitcoin. He said, he
0: said basically, you made the argument. Obviously, the move to proof of stake was going to further decentralize Ethereum. No, and that no, was always I part don't.
1: No, I, I, I think that they each have their own challenges of decentralization. So I think that there's, there's, there's potential on one side that uh, people are believing that either way, you're gonna have these, these, um, these, these large power entities ability to. Um, to, to take control and you're gonna see already it's, it's kind of centralized in the hands of, of just a few entities that are controlling so much of the of stuff of, between Lido and between the, the top exchanges. So I don't necessarily believe that, uh, that that they're scot-free that this is actually going to be something that's not gonna lead to eventual centralization. And I think that coupled with DAO structures and DAO powers actually is, is very troublesome. More and more over the last number of months, I've started to really dealt, think about more about how DAOs could potentially be the end, uh, a major problem, when you get people that are joining power to create massive entities that are then incentivized by the monetary gains rather than the the ethos of decentralization and other things, um, which was shown in the votes with Lido to to not reduce their 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 size and instead keep keep growing it. I think it's a big problem. So I, I don't necessarily agree that this is going to lead to. To the decentralization that might be thought and that there could be things over time uh, that weren't thought about or other things that emerge that are going to enable people with the power to to take control of things so
0: i i mean is is isn't the uh d and in, in Dow decentralized right we're gonna have to start calling them cows
1: well it, it's it's i I've, I've thought this for years but, i mean DAOs are supposed to be decentralized autonomous organizations, but when you have giving people the ability to vote that don't actually know what they're doing, I like to say it's like telling a plumber to tell what an electrician should be doing. And uh, it's just how democracy really works. And it's it's a flaw of the system whereby you're just going to get people that are going to vote. I want more money. And they're going to just they're going to be able to sway these votes and they don't understand the repercussions and consequences. Centralized. So, yeah, that sounds very not, sound, no, it's democratic, but it's not a very good way of doing things because those people just don't know what they're doing, and they have too much power to make decisions that they don't know any better. Ah,
0: so like let them. So the let them American lose market share process. organically,
1: right? Just let them lose market
3: share <laughs> organically. It's not anything to be concerned about, yeah. right? I think you like just why described is, the why American is uh, market share process. troubling. I don't. I don't get it.
1: Sorry, say again, Matthew. I, there was a I'm word. saying
3: that, like, it, so let if you think those entities are less efficient because. Um, Uh, uneducated people are are voting or, you know, then just let them lose market share organically. I don't think it's like any type of systemic concern or anything that requires a change in structure. It's like Lido got to where it is because it's a good product. It's not a majority of anything, really. Uh, You know, if you don't like it, stake somewhere else. Okay, but let's
1: let's take a look at what happened with the DAO initially, the very first DAO. And let's look at, at the power to be able to create change and create forks and do things based on something going wrong with too many people having too much control. The initial DAO was a an experiment uh whereby people were um put put a ton of money, a hundred something million dollars, into this project that had a bad contract and failed, and people wanted their money back. And that one people wanting their money back basically created a battle between consensus. Um, between consensus and uh, um, immutability and consensus won and people got their money back so this is the power that DAOs, these large entities can have to actually create changes that were not thought about so I don't think I can just say that just let these things go. I think they could be a potential issue down the road that could have massive repercussions with the power and strength that these entities could accumulate and having the ability to, to, to severely impact the system just like we saw with the DAO and the split and then Ethereum Classic emerging and and, and it, it could have massive repercussions. So yes, I'm not saying don't let them do their thing. I'm saying, I think that people aren't, aren't still seeing the potential of Dow as being a massive problem down the road with things. And I, I think that that's, that that could be something that people should be thinking more about.
0: I think they're Lord of the Flies and that they're probably going to go massively wrong, but maybe I'm I'm alone in that. But yeah, I I tend to agree with Anthony. That's definitely possible. Pierce, uh, thank you for uh, joining and sitting there quietly while we argue about cows. But um, I want to kind of go a bit back to the uh, merge. And generally, what you're seeing on TradingView with regard to Ethereum, I think we have a lot of like anecdotal idea that there's been this increasing interest, certainly, versus other assets. But you probably have the actual, I don't know, data and insight based on what you're (laughs) seeing on the platform.
6: Sure. I mean, across 32 million people around the world, I could probably tell you. Um, what asset has the most attention at any given time, probably um, in, in terms of over the past couple of weeks, um, you know, Ethereum specifically doesn't have any kind of uh, large uptick, I guess, in overall traffic interest. Um, and, and I think broadly speaking is that, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, great, great kind of anticipation, but, uh, but ultimately in terms of the actual traffic of attention, I think that really comes from a successful merge, not a pre-merge. And you know, I see it no different than, you know, Fed minutes. I mean, nobody actually pays attention ahead of Fed minutes until the Fed minutes are out. So, you know, in terms of actually seeing a significant shift in attention, you know, you really actually have to have a successful merge before you have that attention switching from people to, you know, whether they're buying NFTs or altcoins to actually say, Okay, you know, this is actually something that I can I can really dedicate time to. And And that's because you know on average most people are not super you know microsecond traders you know it'll take a few days for this to really start to you know be understood in the ecosystem is that wow we actually do have success we do have kind of a a consensus and therefore you know i can rotate a lot of my attention back to this to this asset class um versus you know right now we're all kind of like sitting on the edge of our seats just excited for what's potential to come but but in terms of, you know, that actual outcome, uh, I still think that uh, it, it very much is yet to see the investor class more, more um, you know, uh, hyper focused on this. And I think that you'll see that over the next couple of days. I do know the number of uh, Ethereum merge uh, events and parties that are scheduled over the next 48 hours is, is parabolic, to say the least. So there's definitely, you know, Within our within our crews and like within our kind of, um, I guess, social circles, there is a ton of attention. But, you know, if we're thinking about this from an actual uh, play, from an investment perspective, you know, it, it's really not mainstream enough for for to, to see any like statistically significant increase in attention outside of, you know, the micro circles of like the really hardcore uh, crypto people. Um, you know, and I think that you'll actually start to see cascading orders of effect into the more retail asset class over the next couple of days, if this is really the the success we were expecting uh, overall.
0: Right. As for I mean, for investors and traders, shouldn't we really see the impact of the merge over months and even years? You know, with the deflationary aspect and obviously the supply you know issuance reduction of up to ninety percent. Matthew, oh, Matthew's out of here. Um perfect. so I, I mean, isn't that something that should take a long time to really play out? It's I mean we we keep joking. It's like y two k right? you you wait for the the date to change, the date changes, and you go go on with your life.
6: Yeah, I don't really think that it I mean like in terms of um, all the anticipation, it really will um, build up into in some ways, unless we see the actual impact on chain, you know a bit of a a bit of a nothing burger in the sense that you know, Ethereum is, you know, now much more scalable, much more kind of usable for a bunch of different instances. Um, But beyond that, I mean, I think it just comes down to the overall interest in the sector itself. Um, You know, recently, as of this morning, even I was just looking at, um, you know, say NASDAQ from a charting perspective versus the major asset classes in crypto. And, you know, the correlation there is still so strong that, you really you know i mean my my hope in reality is that we do have that divergence right um but it, it literally is the exact same pattern and and at the end of the day until we have a divergence there i think you'll have a lot of the the larger macroeconomic environment um kind of being a bit of a um a, a, a burden if you will uh, even if ethereum you know has this really uh, large success it's kind of you know uh, we do need to start to see really kind of a, a decoupling um, from from the Nasdaq and from the larger tech sector, um, before you have that kind of um, again uh, uncorrelated return and really like uh, investor attention overall. So, um, but I mean that said, I'm I'm very excited in general because moving this off um, uh, uh, proof of work in general, I, I mean, it, it's it's really interesting to um, think about uh, what what the implications are overall in terms of DAOs. Um, I'm actually very excited about about the DAO implications as well, just because. Um, the idea that you know these autonomous vehicles can actually you know fully control themselves and and really build up uh, war chests, if you will, is, um, is something I think of as really really compelling for for the space. Um, I don't know, I'm I'm quite uh, quite a big fan. I'm not actually an owner, but a big fan of like the Nouns projects in the in the NFT landscape, and they've built up a war chest of you know close to 40 million um based on kind of the the sale of these unique assets which then you know is going to be actually deployed in very very interesting ways by by the DAO itself you know um, percentage owners of this larger decentralized organization and so um if this you know I- in some ways makes it much easier for folks to get behind um the concept of, of DAOs in general i think that um i think that there's a lot of implications there uh in terms of um you know a more uh, commonly structured vehicle um, for kind of the larger crypto ecosystem in general.
0: Anyone thoughts on that? I'm, I'm yeah. Just I, I think
5: sure that the network will not get congested because too many people are trading cats. <laughs> so, you know that, That's that's an upside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, we laugh, but I mean, that really... Yeah, that was hey. a
5: shit joke. Sorry, I was interrupting Anthony in a very
1: Israeli manner. Sorry. No, I just I that I, I think there's a lot of benefits to DAOs. And I think it's going to take a lot of time to get them sorted out and figured out. It's just for me, the, the the concerns of what this is going to lead to is something that I've always thought we haven't, we're, we're not equipped to. And I think Charles told me this one time, Hoskinson, when I asked him about this concern about what we're creating here, and very clearly coming back with, the, yeah, we're definitely not ready for what's what's being created here. There's just there's just you know, the the idea of war chests being developed with autonomous and it it just think about the positives, but think about also potential risks and problems that are going to come out of these things. And uh, whenever I hear something like that, I think of Skynet and I think of that's the thing people said about with with Ethereum since the very beginning, autonomous agents that are living there that can carry out based on without, without the engagement of, of humans to execute contracts and execute things that will execute as expected there's a lot of great things that are going to come out of it but there's a lot of very scary things that are going to come out of it as well so i just want to also make sure that that the thought and thinking towards how do we mitigate the problems that are also going to be emerging from these type of systems that are coming out should be not just how great the stuff will be but also how do we how do we the creators and the the technologists and people focus on problems that are going to emerge as well and make sure that that's also in the back of our mind of the the consequences of some of these things that, that will come out so that's that's just a, a caution and not to ruin a party here but um i think there's amazing things the way that how we can do, bring DAOs to the table that are, are going to to great create amazing decision making and opportunities for people to delegate their votes and do things to create better systems, but there's going to be a lot of failure and there's going to be a lot of consequences over the next few years. And I think the initial DAO was just a, a, a samples of that. We saw what happened there and we saw how DAOs was just disintegrated for a number of years after that one experiment. And I'm not sure if people know this, but there was a lot of debate with the initial team about turning Ethereum into a DAO right off the bat. Uh, there was a, there were parties that were, that were clashing here of, Uh, let's turn let's let's be a dow right off the bat and and then others thinking wait a second here we're trying to develop smart contracts and that would have been like telling satoshi to do smart contracts on on bitcoin right off the bat let's let's do that and thankfully in my opinion we didn't go in that direction um, because we didn't want to be we we needed to make sure that, that we were focusing on what our mission was the smart contract platform not creating these new types of governance systems where everybody's their own leader and every it just, it would not have worked, I don't think, at that time, but there was a lot of people that wanted that to happen right off the bat, and I don't think it was ready for that, and I'm still not sure that if we're ready to see what DAOs are going to be bringing to the table, and I think there will be a lot of carnage that's going to be associated with it along the way, and step backs that will have to happen when big, big problems do emerge, and I think that DAO was a very good signal of what it was back in 2015, 2016. So just just a, a there's a lot of great things, but also the cautionary tale of what are some of the consequences that people may not have thought about?
0: Maybe it's just a, a symptom of the bear market, but it feels like to me, the shine has I mean, everything, but has worn off the Dow concept in general. I don't even hear people talking about that. I mean, what if DAOs just kind of don't have no,
1: the same with NFTs, It's the same with everything yeah. else. get that hype cycle right. And then it's got to figure itself out with the value that actually comes forward over the years. And hopefully in a slow steady process that's not going to have too much uh too much um, uh, problems associated with it
0: pierce you've had some amazing facial expressions in the last five minutes so <laughs> i know you have thoughts
6: uh yeah i don't know i mean i in terms of just thinking about um you know uh, maybe some of the pessimism around around DAOs in general i think i think in terms of you know what the initial wave of dows in in terms of like my involvement with with projects maybe in 2018, or, or maybe even a little earlier, um, you know, I think there was this, this initial understanding that um, this was going to replace some kind of modern governance structure or something like that. I think in general, like that, that concept is maybe uh, uh, a bit kind of misguided. I think that, you know, what, w- what the internet is trying to build is not a replacement to the current system. It's trying to build a better system in general. And so Sorry, I think who, this- who are you
1: talking about? Who's trying to build that? You're saying the internet is built so i didn't understand what who, who who you're saying is building it
6: in terms of okay so in terms of who's actually responsible for building the structure of daos
1: no i just in general i think you said the internet is trying to be built in so i didn't understand who you're saying is building that that thing that you're talking about maybe i just uh oh. i thought you said the internet is is being is, is being built by and i didn't understand who you meant
6: oh, okay so I mean the i'm not using specific projects just i mean in general so uh i mean of course trading is very uh uniquely positioned in a sense that we don't try to talk about individual projects uh in the degree that maybe you know one could be very very specific in in some ways and others can't um so broadly speaking when i say the internet i'm referring to uh what you could consider to be you know the actual like uh darker or deeper web Rather than just like a specific chain or specific project. Um, so in aggregate, I think if you think back to what the purpose of of, of DAOs really uh, are initially, I think that everybody has a take on what a DAO could be um, in specific uh, relation to their chain uh, per se. But I think overall, like the initial anticipation of what DAOs were supposed to be, at least from the you know first version, was to be some kind of uh, replacement for you know a an actual uh, structure for a company or structure for um, some kind of organization, like, say, a Uniswap or something like that. Um, I think, like, modern takes on DAOs are really just a great way to collaborate with with fellow like-minded people. Um, you know, whether or not you use one specific chain over another, I really think is, you know, at the discretion of, you know, the... The user you know whether or not they love you know uh, uh one given chain versus another but r- broadly speaking like i said i mean the the point of these is not to replace um existing systems i think it's very very uh kind of misguided to want to basically have a replacement for existing systems and saying that oh well DAOs was supposed to be the solution to that uh when the reality is is like it, they, i don't think they ever were going to be a solution for that and so when people say that it's a bit of a failure I, I i question what the what the framework of what you initially thought you know DAOs could be or um, the first place like i don't think anybody actually anticipated that my cap table would ever be you know a DAO. and so i mean it's aspirational for sure but like the realistic aspects is that it's just it's just never going to be that um especially when it comes down to governments and and ultimately who's going to take control of a company if you know you're doing something illegal it, it's not it's not going to be an autonomous vehicle it just simply can't um you know especially when you look at uh, giant charts like um the one that was shared around two weeks ago where you know amazon is essentially running half the servers that are um that are more or less uh, responsible for all the nodes on the network you know so like it, you know this idea that oh we're going to have a completely decentralized autonomous organization there's so much systemic risk in that that it's just the premise is basically broken from the get-go so um uh, but that's all to say that, like I said, within that lens of this is not a replacement for an existing system, I still do think that there's a ton of value in creating these autonomous organizations. Um, and really pseudo autonomous is what I'm trying to get at, because um, the the reality is, is there will always be some kind of systemic risk to these type of um, uh, projects in general. But, you know, I mean, like I'm, I'm involved in a project most recently, which is like an NFT project. But. But more, more than anything, it's it's actually just a great way for uh, people to come together in like a collective agreement, like, hey, you know, this is a hilarious project. Uh, I mean, basically the premise is, is, is a meme in itself, right? And so, but this is a great way for me to collaborate with uh, actually 69 of my friends in kind of like an autonomous fashion. We all have to vote to actually determine what we do with the treasury that we're building. Um, but at the end of the day, like, this is a very simple way for us to have fun together. And, you know, I'm not trying to replace a cap table or anything like that. I'm just like building fun projects on the internet. Like people that are get like super like, you know, kind of like disgruntled about how, you know, I can't replace my cap tables and stuff like that. I like, yeah, I, I never wanted to. I just wanted to have something to like actually collaborate with my friends on, on the web in general. So, so I think that that's kind of like what I'm really excited about is kind of this very... Uh, new experiment not like trying to replace existing experiments and I think in general people that are you know coming to ethereum to replace existing projects I mean I think that that thesis kind of was played out right like we saw this idea that you know every government will have something on their balance sheet or or take these more seriously I just don't think that we're seeing that like in, in reality that was like happen. that yeah. was like the thesis of 2020 right like it never it never occurred and so like maybe one I, or two I, yeah. you know like
0: I talk about that all the time. I mean, if you go back to you know August of 2020, Sailor buys Bitcoin, obviously puts it on the balance sheet. Tesla follows up. You see Square, and then nothing, right? And th- we thought that we were going to see billions and billions of dollars from sovereign wealth and from sovereign nations and from corporations pouring in. And what did they do? They all gave Andreessen Horowitz a few billion dollars
5: to invest in Web three. But but maybe that's so, what happened. Sir, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean. Go that, ahead. Go ahead Maybe maybe just a step on the way, just like you know, exactly, uh, crypto Bitcoin or and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies are just a step on the way to to change the financial system. I I would I like agree. to that. I think the DAOs are are you know a step in the way of creating more decentralized. And I would love you know I had the, I hope none of my previous investors hear me. I I had a horrible time with investors. I would have loved the DAO instead of the board fights. I would you know first 100 percent and I think that to a certain extent at least many of the projects that are considering DAOs for certain activities are absolutely looking to replace existing systems. just like you know just like Bitcoin was initially created and I think that most of the you know the initial crowd that you know was was kind of sucked into the 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 Bitcoin rabbit hole was so lured because it's uh, you know one lifetime, one, once in a lifetime event where you can join a completely parallel potential financial system which isn't so fucked up to the bone in every step of the way. So I, you know, I, I would love, you know, I I'm happy to uh, accept our new overlords with DAOs. Yeah, I, I think that idea. I think that it's that it's just because we haven't
1: seen stuff yet. It's not a never. It's never going to happen. Sure, so I, do, I do think it's going to happen in the future, and I do believe that Ethereum and technology similar will change systems. Um, and I and I think that you can consider Ethereum to be a DAO. Uh, and I think that it, it's it's just yeah stepping stones. These are these are things that just because they haven't done this yet or it didn't happen the way that we thought would happen with people getting into Bitcoin and putting it on their balance sheet, it doesn't mean it's not going to be happening a few years from now, and there'll be a better way to sort it out and 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 it'll progress. So. Um, I do think that there it will be massive change in systems over the years. It's just a matter of the when.
0: Here's yep. what you described with uh, Amazon Web Services, basically everything being based on it. I mean, that's also one of the arguments a lot of people make against proof of stake.
6: Well, right? No matter I mean, how
0: decentralized you get, you still can be shut down by a centralized authority if the
6: Internet. Yeah, there, goes there is down no it. cloud,
5: right? I mean, there's no cloud. It's just somebody else's computer as long as this is
1: this is the change that needs to happen. And it's, it's what I'm personally working on right now is that, you know, all of my, all of my infrastructure for Jack's, uh, for those that don't know, I run Jack's Liberty. Uh, my company Decentral makes that product and we're in 120 countries and we support many different chains and all of our infrastructure is on AWS right now. Yeah. And we're changing that. And I've, uh, over the last 10 years, we've been building our infrastructure and building things to eventually get it in the hands of individuals. Uh, because I, I have this 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 theory that you just can't have a user-controlled internet, which is what Web3's promised to be, without the actual person being their own server. And in order to do that, there needs to be easy-to-run hardware devices that anybody can plug and play to be their own node and their own server to send their own transactions, to not have to limit transactions based on government, saying you can't send to that address like we've seen recently. So I think the shift is going to be coming, and this is what I'm helping to spearhead with a new product that I'm launching this year, which is how do we turn everybody into their own their own personal server, their own personal blockchain computer, their own personal server that they can plug and play and connect directly to the protocols of whatever they want and send their own transactions and get all the blockchain data they need. And this is what I've been building for 10 years is is how do we empower people with the tools they need to be in control of their digital life, their money, communication, and identity. Uh, JAX is a non-custodial wallet. The keys are held by the in- individual, not by us. But we're still a weak point that if our servers go down, our users can't send transactions. So how do we further remove the centralization that is happening now? where we're seeing AWS having 90% of all Ethereum transactions or we're seeing larger blockchain cloud services providers that if they go down or something happens with them or they get regulated to the point that uh, they can't be, it's not no longer decentralized, Ethereum's finished. So how do we further decentralize the infrastructure? And that's what I think needs to happen so that these large powerhouses are not accumulating what the Web2 models have been and putting in the hands of individuals. And that's something that's sparked my continued um, kind of motivation in this space is that this is what I've done and I'm building and that's our mission is to, um, to, to and I've got the computers right here at first glance, but. They're, we're building nodes that people can run in their homes very simply, like a PlayStation 5, and 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 have everything they need to be independent so that if government knocks on my door tomorrow and says, you can't send these transactions to it, you're going to take your servers down off of AWS, it's like our, our nodes are being run by our, our users, not us. And that's what we got to keep moving towards, is the individual being empowered and not reliant on these centralized trust entities or institutions that... Are right now in control of about 90 to 90-something percent of all ethereum infrastructure is in the hands of very few centralized trusted entities that could be uh, persuaded or have different motivations than than what people on ethereum really want and it, it's easy for developers to build on these systems but that's kind of having a counter impact where the nodes are being diminished and we need to increase nodes and increase the decentralization of node infrastructures and that hasn't been happening
0: now we've got like uh two minutes left so we're gonna do a quick uh fire round everyone's thoughts on uh what happens with ethereum not fundamentally but I guess more just uh interest do you you think that now that the merge has been successful Pierce like you were saying you know we need to wait for it to actually happen do you think that we're going to see sort of a a mad rush for interest over the next few months in ethereum versus everything else and then we'll close up
6: um so in terms of next couple months I would say the next couple of months have very little to do with Ethereum, but much more to do with the macro environment around Ethereum. Um, and it's very unfortunate, but it's, um, you know, the fact and it's it's so crazy, but it literally is the fact that, you know, some centralized organization, which <laughs> is literally the, the Federal Reserve has such an impact on such uh, obscure things such as, um, you know, uh, something like a, a new centralized um uh, uh, layer one uh, blockchain. I, I think that in terms of over the next year, there's a ton of upside. I think in attention, um, but unfortunately, in terms of like a near near term, it, it really is kind of mired in, in much larger um, much larger problems. So overall, within our world, a rotation of interest um, makes a ton of sense. But um, from kind of the larger environment, you know, a rotation in retail interest, you know, this this type of kind of um, uh, you know migration is still something that I think is caught up uh, in the larger kind of scheme of of kind of how the world is moving right now so i'm I'm super bullish on the on the medium term uh short term there's just so much you know chaos that's kind of taking up the the home screen oh, okay. if you will um and that's kind of like the the big issue I think overall is you know like kind of a you know stay tuned i'm very excited to see you know what actually comes of, of the merge itself but you know, there's so many bigger issues that are kind of um, taking up bandwidth for retail investors, which is what I know. Um, that you know, they're just really not focused on kind of the the incremental value add of you know a type of blockchain versus another type of blockchain.
1: Guys, like, okay. I got to Okay, I gotta Anthony, go off. ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but thank you so much, guys. Nimrod, my friend, good to see you. Scott, you as well. Pierce, nice to meet you. Take care, guys. Awesome.
6: Thanks, Nim- Nimrod. Your final yeah. thoughts? Thank you, Anthony. I-, I think it's pretty much what. Pierce said, I mean, everybody's
5: uh, super tied up to the micro, uh, macro environment. I mean, nobody's really, except from us crypto geeks, nobody gives a shit. It's probably gonna materialize. Just like and, the having, yeah, same the having. Exactly, exactly like the having. Exactly, nobody gives a shit. We'll probably see like some of the fruits of that in the next bull cycle, just because it will be more scalable and we can see more crazy shit going on on top of Ethereum. Maybe we'll see some downside with the other you know, layer ones like Solana because that they, they were kind of gaining traction because of supposedly better performance. But that's it. I mean, that's it. Awesome
0: guys. I, I think, uh, I thank you all uh, for, us. Uh, uh, we had a lot of people that was kind of, uh, we, we managed to not make it uh chaotic much like the merge, right? It went off without a hitch. Uh, but, uh, really always awesome to have both of you guys, everybody who's, uh, Following along, we tagged everybody's Twitters below the video. It's too much to go through all of it. Um, I agree with everything that you guys said, basically, right? I mean, I think (laughs) that, uh, you know, it's Pierce who sort of said there's going to be a whole bunch of merge parties, and I have a uh, vision of people playing Dungeons and Dragons in their mom's basements from the <laughs> 80s and screaming about why Proof of Work is better. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's the kind of party that we get, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're finally evolving. Everyone, I will be back tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course, and that's uh, all I got for you today. N- Nimrod, thank you. Pierce, thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Always. See, See you all tomorrow. Peace. Let's go.